0: Today's story is about bookstores. It was written by Amanda Patchen. And if you've been following this newsletter or listening to this podcast for a while, you've heard some of Amanda's stories and you've likely gathered that Amanda loves to read. Often her stories are like kind of a reflection from a book she's read or she references a book, but she is a reader through and through. Um, One of our recent stories was called Winter is Coming and it was a uh, reflection about the winter season in Boise after Amanda had read the book Wintering by Catherine May. Amanda also wrote this amazing series in early 2023. It was called A Stronger Town. It was four different stories and all of them examined like different parts of Boise. So this series as you probably guessed, it came from Amanda reading a book <laughs> called A Pattern Language by Christopher Alexander, who was an architect and theorist. And Christopher Alexander believed in this pursuit that he termed, quote, the quality with no name. And so Christopher Alexander believed that the kinds of places that people most enjoyed living and working in all shared a quality that could not be identified with a single descriptor or associated with any one specific characteristic. And so Amanda read this book and then wrote this awesome series exploring and kind of like examining different characteristics about Boise that make it a great place to live, but also could be like further developed as a characteristic, not in the literal sense of development. Um, Is such a good series. I will link to those. In the show notes if you're interested in reading them but the other thing that i love about amanda having write some from boise stories is i always learn stuff i always learn a new word in her stories she just has like a huge vocabulary because she reads all the time and it's just really fun to read her stories because i'm always learning something from her so today's story was written by amanda and it's kind of like an ode to the local bookstore And she also discusses bookstores in the Treasure Valley, both our current bookstores and bookstores that have closed. So just a reminder that in this story, there's a couple of different instances where, actually like many instances, where she says I or me or talks about like a personal experience or preference. So just making it clear that that's Amanda talking, I, Marissa, am just here to read it. As always, you can find this story along with photos. And I also did like a list of local bookstores in the newsletter. You can either find that in your inbox or at fromboise.com. You can also find a list of all of our current bookstores in the show notes. I listed those out and linked to their website if they have one. And I also listed the address for each bookstore. So you can check that out if you are curious. All right. This story is called Bookstores of the Treasure Valley. It was written by Amanda Patchen and it is read by me, Marissa. Bookstores. They are almost universally well-regarded as healthy members of a thriving community. Charming, quaint, warm, personal, the local bookstore is highly valued in discourse, but very difficult to maintain profitably in reality. This I know from painful experience. In 2005, my husband and I bought a small used and rare bookshop. We ran it for three years, moving and expanding it in the second year. And fortunately, our inexperience as business people combined with the economic tragedy of 2008 meant that we had to close it after losing a great deal of money. We aren't the only ones. Nationally, the number of bookstores has declined by at least a third in the last 10 years, and the Boise area has suffered even more dramatically. In the early 2000s, you could shop for books at Hyde Park Books, Trip Taylor's, Veritas, which was Amanda's bookstore, Barnes & Noble, Rainbow Books, Rediscovered, Bargain Books, several Hastings locations, Borders Bookshop, as well as Twice Sold Tales and the Yesteryear Shop in Nampa, and a few other stores with collections of paperbacks and piles of games. Now, the Treasure Valley has a mere handful. Our current bookshops include Rediscovered Books, Once in a Future Books, Barnes & Noble, Half Price Books out in Meridian, Roubaix out in Caldwell, Bent Corners in West Boise, and the bland, brand new lit room in Garden City. We are left with huge gaps. Hyde Park Books was dusty, overcrowded, and full of old books you would never even think of without seeing them on those creaking shelves. Trip Taylor always had odd or unusual titles, and he cared for them meticulously, using mylar jacket covers and impeccable taste to acquire the interesting and unique Side by side, the Nampa shops offered miles of shelves full to bursting so you could count on finding a classic in any genre or a bestseller from any decade. Much of this loss is due to the advent of online shopping. Between the giant website that shall not be named, as well as eBay and AbeBooks and thrift books, you can find millions and millions of titles and have them delivered right to you within the week. Look, I'm not going to lament the internet here. It brings you this newsletter and podcast. It brings you a cornucopia of knowledge and entertainment. And it brings you actual books. I occasionally do use the giant website to purchase a new book that I need extremely rapidly. And I definitely use eBay and Abe to find the unique, collectible, and obscure things that I find most fascinating. You know, just this year, I purchased a book from a medieval book of hours, which is a medieval devo- devotional text. They were used especially by wealthy women and were usually small scale, ornate, and heavily illustrated. I also purchased a page from an Incunabula, which is a book from the first half century of book printing. Gutenberg's Bible, which was the first printed book, came off the press in the 1450s, and all of the books printed between then and 1500 are Incunabula, or books from the infancy of printing. Of course, there are many books before printing, but they are all manuscripts or handwritten books. Just a side note. I also purchased a handmade leather-bound copy of L.M. Montgomery's The Blue Castle. The Blue Castle is an early 20th century love story by the author of Anne of Green Gables. It follows a quote-unquote old maid who is fed up with the propriety and oppression and starts to make a scandalous series of choices like getting a job and helping another woman and proposing to a man. Of course, everything works out for her, but it is a very charming story. Prior to the advent of online shopping, I wouldn't have been able to obtain these at all without extensive and expensive travel. However, as we have all heard many times before, this has made it much harder for local bookshops to survive, and local bookshops absolutely provide things that the internet never can. Things like a real live human being to talk to about what you're looking for the opportunity to look at books that you might not like to read without the filter of an algorithm deciding if you ought to be interested or not, the precious aesthetic experience of holding a book, thumbing through its pages, glancing at different paragraphs or illustrations, an atmosphere of learning, of thinking, and of exploration, connection with other readers in a physical space, the human scale of life, ideas bouncing around. I love bookstores even ones that disappoint me with their limited selection or with their badly cared for books or their impossible hours. I still love them. Trying to run a bookstore left me exhausted and in debt, but they are still one of my favorite places. I love Powell's and I drive to Portland every year just to shop there and at some other fantastic bookstores in Portland. In every city or town I visit, I search for bookstores and try to buy something at every single one. I sometimes joke that if you can't sell me a book, you're not trying. Books are the single largest budget item in my life, although coffee comes in close second. There was once a time when I would have considered Barnes & Noble one of the, quote, bad guys, back in the days of You've Got Mail and plentiful local bookshops. But now, I want Barnes & Noble to succeed. I want them to stay in business. I want them to give me a place to... Browse shelves and peruse books, and I want them to keep improving. And they have been improving. In the last few years, they have moved away from restrictive display policies and towards personalized displays and selections by individual booksellers. I'm not much of a fan of the book talk trends I see popping up, but obviously lots of others are. What I am a fan of is the way the philosophy section, the hardcover science fiction section, and all the other Little subsections so often have something I haven't heard of, but I'm interested in. During my last trip to Barnes & Noble, I picked up a biography of Dennis Diderot, a poetry collection on impermanence and fragility, and a science fiction novel I hadn't heard of, but whose jacket invoked Susanna Clark's Piranesi, a favorite. Of course, Rediscovered Books is a beloved local institution. Started up on the bench and then moved downtown, in some ways it is our only true local bookshop. They run author events, they support local teachers, and they provide a cozy place out of the rain for that classic bookstore browse. All the displays are unique and each bookseller is eager to offer suggestions or help. Being a smaller shop, there is only so much room on their shelves. They're also right in the middle of my weekly routine, and so I stop by at least once per week, sometimes more. So I don't always find a book to buy. I actually didn't buy anything on my last trip in, although in the last few months I bought Catherine May's Wintering, which she reviewed, and I will link to you in the show notes, as well as her second book, Enchantment, also excellent. I snagged a copy of Around the World in 80 Trees for my husband, and I'm headed there today to pick up one last Christmas book for my nephew, Silas. Rediscovered Sister Shop, Once in a Future Books, is full of used books. Used and rare books are my first love, and I am always so eager to browse their shelves. The magic of used bookshops is how serendipity is multiplied among their shelves. Used bookshops sell whatever used books they can find that they think might be worth selling. The layers of uncertainty here means that you never know if you will find something, and likewise, you might not know when you have found something. Sometimes the real surprise comes at home when you open a used book that looked interesting on the shelf only to find that it's a signed copy or that its previous owner was an ancestor of yours or someone famous or that there's cash money in it. By the way, all of those things are real things that have happened to Amanda when buying used books. Anyways, back to the story. I don't often go out to Meridian, but when I do it's because I wanna see if Half Price Books has anything interesting. Half Price is actually a chain of used bookshops that's based out of Dallas, Texas. Our local branch is on the smaller side, but given the dearth of local options, I will not be complaining. They often have unique vintage paperbacks. On my most recent trip, I picked up a copy of Cosme Comics, and I regularly find science fiction classics that I've been meaning to buy but haven't picked up yet. When they do have a rare signed book, it's always reasonably priced. I was delighted a few months ago while strolling through the Wintry Market to discover the existence of The Lit Room. It's tiny, it's new, and I haven't bought anything there yet, but I'm in the future by Naomi Alderman and almost picked it up last Saturday. By the way, The Lit Room is located in Garden City on 34th Street. It is directly across the street from Push and Poor. They had a booth at Wintry Market, but the actual bookstore, The Lit Room, is in Garden City and you should go check it out. It's adorable. I would be remiss to not mention the Friends of the Library bookstore that sits inside the downtown library location. A space with a limited selection, it still manages to provide the community with a steady stream of used books, while also providing financial support to the library itself. Additionally, the Friends of the Library also hosts two annual book sales, where you can pick up a huge variety of popular books for cheap. It's been a few years since I attended the sale, but I've often left with two or three bags full of books, and I only spent about 15 or 20 bucks. I've also visited Rubyette once while stranded in Caldwell with an injured friend who needed a driver, and I visited Bent Corner some years ago. Both offer plenty of genre fiction, children's books, cookbooks, and games. Given that Boise is continuing to grow, I believe that we ought to be expanding our bookshop inventory each year. I suggest that some public benefactor take over the old Foothill School building on 8th Street between Fulton and River and turn it into a big rambling bookstore like Powell's City of Books in Portland. I also think that the big White House on Broadway, which is currently boarded up, should be a rare bookshop along the lines of Bauman Rare Books in Las Vegas or Argonaut in San Francisco. The current location of Ocho's Wine, Wine Bar, which is a good use of the space, just for the record has always seemed to me to be the ideal potential bookstore, preferably one that specialized in the humanities and hosted Socratic circles and Latin classes. I am happy to consult on any of these projects, and I would run one if someone else funded it, and I would happily patronize all of them. If, by chance, you are not the heir to fortune, and you're not exactly looking to improve the community by opening a bookshop or three, you can still do a good deal for the intellectual climate of our city. Read books and then read more books. Read them in public sometimes. Suggest books to others, especially in live and in-person conversation. Buy your books locally whenever possible. Sell or donate books to your local used bookshops. Buy books as Christmas presents, or birthday presents, or whatever presents. Read to your children. Read to your friends. Read to your spouse. And then read some more. Thanks for listening. This story was written by Amanda Patchen. As always, you can find this story in the newsletter, which is in your inbox or at fromboise.com. Thanks for listening.